He's way too gracious. And you know what he what he said was complimentary, but it was it's it's also real. <laughs> it's factual. Um and and it it, it amazes me. Um and, and what I'm about to say isn't bragging. It's to tell you what's in front of you. Because there's something incredible that's in front of you. And the only thing that can hold you back is you. Paul said, you're not limited by us. You're limited by your own affections. That's what's going to hold you back. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm 56. I've been a Christian since 1979. I, um, before that, I was a sinner. And... I'm not a sinner anymore. Um, even, even when I sin, it doesn't make me a sinner. And uh, so I'm not one of those guys who say, hey, I don't sin. I, but I am a guy that says, I'm not a sinner. Because I'm identified with Christ now. I'm hidden in Christ now. The blood of Jesus has set me free from the law of what? Sin and death, okay? So I'm set free from it, even though... You know, sometimes I'm, I, I cannot help I was born male. <laughs> it takes us a little longer to get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you got a fella in your life somewhere, and you're wondering when he's going to get it. Like, it's like, come on, God. But uh, there's some mean girls in this church I found. I'm not kidding you. Meanest, some of the meanest snake bite mean people in here. I call my wife the cobra. Because, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, how, pr- how darling. I got, I got a wife, and she's thir- um, we, we've been married 30 years, and we have three children. And I think there's a picture they could put up. Um, but um, and that's, that's them. I don't know if that's a good picture. It's just what I could find on my phone. I, I have like a million pictures on my phone. And somebody said, I said, here, I'll show you a picture. And I'm, I'm going through all these pictures. But that's my wife, the one there in the red. Her name's Sandy, and she's awesome. Um, I love her with all my heart. And the, the one on the right, the one with yellow hair, um, she, uh, she goes to the University of Oklahoma now. She's a freshman, and she's independent, and she doesn't need me anymore. And uh, so I'm, I'm really bothered. The, the one there in the stripes is Brooklyn. She's 25, and um, she, uh, she works at the church. Um, one of the most amazing people I have ever met uh, and then uh, the, the, that other one on the left with yellow hair is a new daughter. Uh, she married because she married my son over there that is beside him and beside her, and his name's Taylor, and that's a boy's name, um, just so you know. But uh, that's what he said. He was like three years old, and he met this college girl, and she said, hi, you're so cute. He had long hair and stuff, because and, I did. And he, he, she, said, he, she says, uh, you're so cute. Um, how do you do? My name's Taylor. And he looked at her like this, and he looked over at me, and he looked at her, and he said, that's a boy's name. <laughs> so now every girl I see, I say, that's a boy's name, because that's what old dads do. That Their kids don't need them anymore because they grow up, and they're awesome. I'm not kidding you. Just awesome people. That's on the stage of our church for some service that we had. But, um, but amazing things happen at when, when you let God... Be who is in your, in your life, and, and you're who you are in his life. See, see there, there's, there's people that all over town that could say, I'll pick on you because you have red hair. But uh, it is purple. But um, I don't. But um, <laughs> she's 
like, is that finger going to go off? Um, what was I talking about? I don't need That's a problem. That's a big problem. They hand me these things, and I've got to make sense. Um, oh, oh, oh. There's people that will say, you know, with, without God, you can't do anything. And um, I don't know. I got plans that I could leave God out and get things done. But that's not how God is. See, I don't know that it's really accurate that without God, I can do nothing. But I do know that without you, God can do nothing. Without us, he can't do anything. Remember, he used to use things. He used to use other things. He used to use, he used to use signs. He used to use, use, use um, um, locusts. And frogs. He used frogs, man. man he's God. He, what are you going to do? We're just going to dump so many frogs on those people that it's going to just make them miserable because they mess with my children. Okay? And then, and then God used um, a, a bush, a burning bush that wasn't consumed. And he doesn't use that stuff anymore. Is that odd? When's the last time you saw a burning bush? When is the last time you... Talk, a burning bush talk to you, okay? Because God's not going to do that anymore. When's the last time you went out the door because there was sin and rebellion and the streets were covered with frogs? It just doesn't, it, that's, that just doesn't work. Why? Because God uses people now, okay? We're him on the earth now. Jesus said, as, as, I, as I am, so are you. Paul said, as he was, so are you. Man, we've got to take responsibility for what's going on now. And, and, and we've got to, we're, we're on the clock, I guess, so to speak. And, and so with me, more is more. And more brings you to better. And better makes you to bigger. And bigger, I'm, t- I'm telling you, because we serve a big God. Amen. And see, that's how we have to look at it. We have to have an insatiable appetite to get things done in the kingdom. It's not about making more money. It's not about having more stuff. It's not about, about, about building your downline. No, you know what it is? It's about, it, it's about everything is about the kingdom. The, the, the currency of the kingdom is different than the currency of the world. The currency, of the, more, of the currency in the world is cash. It's money. The currency of the kingdom is faith. It's trust. See, the, the language of the world is respect. The language of the kingdom is not respect. The language of the kingdom is honor. See, and it's much different. See, I'll respect you for what you do. You have to earn my respect. You don't have to earn my honor. See, I'm going to honor you because I'm honorable. See, I, you, you have to earn my respect, but you don't have to earn my honor. I'm giving that honor away everywhere I can. Honor is one of the three core values of my life. And I only have three. Honor, honesty, Humility. That's it. And what I have found, all of the things, uh, all the values in my life, all siphoned through those, those three core values of my life. Is that honorable? I'll do it. Is that honest? I'll, I'll say it. Is, is, is that humble? I'll, I'll be a part of that. Man, it's, it's humility. Humility always wins. Man, if you, are, if you walk in humility and if you are generous, You'll be the greatest church in this area, in this state, in the country. I'm telling you, what I, what I'm, everything that we do, everything that I can brag on, that, that, that we're doing, that, 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 that God's about in our church, man, it all goes one direction, generosity. 
Because I'll just tell you, generosity wins. And, and it's better to give than what? Receive. Why? Because we're generous. It's better to be generous. We got to be generous with every, we got to be the most generous people. So then what ends up happening? Things begin to mushroom. That's what's going to happen with y'all. See, what you're in right now is a shift. And see, it may not be, you may not be picking it up in your senses. And that's the problem with human beings. Because we're like animals. Animals are, are ruled by their senses. They're ruled by what they see, what they smell, what they taste, how they feel. That's what they're ruled by. But you know what? So now we as human beings, if we're ruled by our senses, it's no more than that. Things become instinctive. It's what we've always done. We hit that default button, and we quit that job and look for another one because our boss is mean. That's our default button. When, when the word says the kingdom is, you don't ever quit that job. You don't quit that job until you're promotable at that job, and, and you can be promoted outside that job. You work heartily as of unto the Lord. Well, my boss is mean. I don't see in the word. What does the Bible say about when you, when it, it, talking, to, talking to slaves honoring their masters? Oh, my gosh. Man, that's offensive in our culture. But, but see, you have to understand that even at that level, there's a different way. We can't think the way everybody else thinks. And, and so, since we can't think the way they think, we can't expect for them to get it. You know why? How many fingers do I have up? Well, why don't you know? It's right in front of your face, man. How many fingers do I have up? He doesn't know. You know why? He's blind. So we're expecting people to see how many fingers we have up when they're blind, and we're not reaching them where they are. And see, and we get frustrated with it because you know what? You can see now. So now you can choose the day or the hour or whenever you want to you serve God. But you know what? What does the word say about the, who chooses the day, who chooses the hour? He does. See, we feel like we, we're, we sit in church, and, and it, 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 as confrontive as preachers can be, we can sit here, and they can't make us choose Jesus. So we'll say this. How many of you guys want all of God you can? How many of you guys want to get all of God that you can in your life? Let me see your hands. How many of you guys, you're not really living all out and being all in for God and, 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 and living your life 100%, 24-7 for Jesus, and you want to turn that around today. Anybody raise your hand if that's you. Okay, now listen, here's what you'll think. Well, I'm the one that made the decision to raise my hand. I chose him. See, you didn't. He said, you didn't choose me. He said, I chose you. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, it operates outside my senses. My senses aren't going to pick this up. See, you, 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 have you ever heard anybody say that God spoke to him? Is that about the weirdest thing you've ever heard in your life? No, for real. Hey, God spoke to me, and he told me that, man, we should, uh, we should go and buy that, that bigger building in a better place to reach people. And you'll say, Okay, I'm into the bigger building, and I'm into the better place to reach people, but let's back up a second. What did you say before that? How would you preface it? Oh, God told me. Oh, so now any discussion sabotaged. Okay, Cause, and the, Jesus said don't do that, by the way. But you hear people doing it all the time. 
I'm not saying, hey, I feel impressed in my heart. Or, but it, when you say, hey, God told me, you're like, well, shoot. I'm not stupid enough to go argue with you then. Okay, but see, God doesn't speak to your mind. He doesn't speak to you in your thoughts. See, the devil does. God speaks to your spirit. Your spirit is what has to get, get, get in line and attached with God. That's why we're born again. We're born of the what? Spirit, not of water. Now We're born of the spirit and of water. But listen, so now we have to look at our lives and we have to understand that God's speaking to us. And it's not on an intellectual level. It's not with our hearing. I'll tell you what, man, God spoke to me one time and said, are you going to have the guts to serve me? That's why we call the church guts. Because it's the first time I ever heard God's voice. I didn't hear that with my ears or in my mind. I heard that at the very core of who I am. It hit me to the point where I'm sitting back, kind of taking the attitude you probably take in church the first few times. You're sitting back here going, yeah, 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 come on. Let's go. I've, I've got to go to lunch. we got, we got things to do. It's beautiful out there. Did you see the day? We're sitting in this room. Did you, see, you walked out of paradise out there, the, the weather today, and you came in here. This is nuts. That's, all, that's what your flesh is saying. But then I'm standing back there, and I'm like, you know, I don't fit in. I'm looking at all these yahoos. All these people that are loving God. It was 1979, and the music's going. The music is terrible. And I'm standing on the back wall like this, and I'm like, I see none of my kind here. This is nuts. I don't fit in here. I don't see anybody in here I, I remotely even like. This is pitiful. That's it. And as I was thinking, I'm out, God spoke to me. He said, are you going to have the guts to serve me? Well, by God. <laughs> God's calling me out now? It's on. I walked up, I, just like this, during the music. How about that, huh? How about that for serving? Man, there were people that were probably thinking, oh, look, a spirit of worship just came on that... New believer. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like, oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you, God. And that's kind of the relationship he and I have now. I, I preached Wednesday night in Seattle, and this guy got up that hosted the service, and he talked about he and his wife uh, went on a retreat, and they went to this place where the, the Spirit of God always falls there. And the presence of God is so thick. And it's such a loving place. That's how he's talking. You know how preachers, when they start talking like that, I'm like, hey, what's up with you? I'm just, I'm just, he's going, oh, it was, he teared up. He got, he got all moist and teary, and I'm like, okay. He's selling way too hard. But he's, he's up there, and he's just like, and the Spirit of God, the presence of God was so thick. And then God spoke to me. Please quit praying. Please quit talking. I just want to be with you. And I'm sitting over there thinking, God, you have never said that to me. <laughs> you have never said, quit talking. I just want to be with you. I think the quit talking part, he's probably said a few times. But this syrupy, 
un, it's like, wait a second, what are we doing? See, so, so we look at this, that there's a shift. Because, okay, let me bring in perspective. You know of this Jesus? The letters in red? Tell me one time Jesus approached a male, a grown man, and was nice. Oh, because Jesus is precious. Jesus is loving. It's, Jesus, you know, that spirit of worship will come on some guy up here and he'll go, let's crawl into his lap. Let's lay our head upon his shoulder. And yeah, I understand that John laid his head on his chest, but that, listen, that was at crunch time. That was, uh, I'm going to miss you, man. <laughs> You're about to get impaled. You're about to get shredded. But see, we look at it, and it's like, no, here's Peter. Peter sold out. He went from Simon to Peter, and what did Jesus get behind me, Satan? It's like, <laughs> did I say something wrong? Shoot. This is nuts. Why didn't he call me a butt or something? Why did he call me? Why did he have to go there? You had to go there? Are you kidding me? But there's a shift. That shift is going to require change. That change, and here's how this works with God. Because you're reasonably intelligent, huh? Well, here's how this, here's how this. She has her doubts, but <laughs> it happens. I don't let my wife answer. Hey, I got this. But uh, she's got some things she wants to say. She wants to, wants to clear this up. Let's, let's clear it up. Okay. Can I make my point? Because this is going to be strong. This isn't going to cost you anything, this change, like this, this move that you guys are going to make. You barely have any skin in the game. It's, I'm telling you, it's a miracle deal. Would you agree? Like you traded. It's like you, you left, you're leaving with a, a Ty Cobb card, and you gave up like Joe Horner. Maybe a Roger Maris. You can't change the world from here. You know, you, you know that? You can't. You know why? You're supposed to be over there. There's a shift. There's a change. It doesn't cost you anything, but it's going to demand everything. You know what the change is going to be? It's going to be everything. You know what these are right now, ma'am? The good old days. The good old days. They got a water cart. They got people bringing you water. You're as hydrated a church as I've ever seen. <laughs> no one here's dehydrated. Nobody's getting lightheaded. They're giving you water. Everybody right now has it. I mean, you better have a lot of urinals in that other, that other church. <laughs> they're just going to get a fire hose and just squirt you down the whole service and keep you all, all hydrated. It's important to them that you got water. <laughs> but everything's about to change and you can't stop it and that's the attitude that you have to take okay man we're singing you know how powerful those words are take control God take control that means you lose control that doesn't sit well with guys like you I don't want to lose control then you're starting to think Maybe I ought to cut my hair. Maybe I ought to take my earrings out. Maybe I ought to. 
And, and you know what? All that stuff starts coming because God catches his fist, and then he begins to clean you and, pur- and, and, and purify you and, listen, and purge you and, 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 and cut you back. See, man, you're, some of you guys are growing and growing and growing and growing, and, man, your limbs and, the, and man, the, 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 the fruit's getting so heavy, and what do you have to do? Man, a, a good gardener, a good husband is going to come, and he's, you know what he's going to have to do? Prune you. And you know what? Most of people that leave the church isn't because they were offended. Isn't because they got their feeling hurt, feelings hurt. Isn't because they, their expectations weren't met. Those, were all, those are all soulish things. They really left because the, they, the, the pruning, they couldn't take it. And nobody's pruning you but God. And when God prunes us, you know what we got to do? we got to put a face on it. So it's like, well, well, Daddy, why, Daddy, why aren't we going to church? We, we need to go to church. They give you ice cream here, right? You get to wear cool shirts. You get to sit in the front row. Man, they love you here. People love you here. Don't, when your birthday, you get cards and gifts, and people give you money. People bless you. They take you to camp. What do you mean, Daddy? Why are we going back to church? Why are we going over to that other church? Oh, because there's some things I disagree with. Well, no freaking duh. No, for real. Man, I want this to be done my way. Oh, we got to quit singing that song then. Did you guys like that, that song? Because that's the last time you're going to ever hear it. Because I don't want you singing a lie. Are you a liar? Well. You like the lie? Don't say sometimes. This is a bummer being a man of God. I got this mic. God starts using me, and people want to be all honest at inappropriate times. (laughs) There's a shift happening. That shift requires change. There is no limit to God. There is no limit to the change. And you know what? You and I might say, we were cool in the 70s, remember? Okay? But, but you and I will say, hey, I'm good with that change. And I realize I'm not. I really do. I realize, I, I, I saw, I've got a Harley that is the, the best bike for me on the planet that I've ever seen, and my wife bought it for me. And I, so I, I, I was, and I was just going to, it's good, I'm going to have three bikes. Everyone needs them. But then I got convicted. So I, I sold my flame bike to a buddy who then sold it to one of his buddies who had it repoed. So I go to the auction. Sandy said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the auction. She goes, what are you going to buy? I said, I'm going to buy my bike. She goes, you got a bike. I said, uh-uh. My, I sold it to my buddy, and my buddy sold it to a Yahoo that got it repoed, and I'm going to go buy it because it's my bike. I don't know if you guys understand, but it's very clear. <laughs> I go to this auction. That bike's sitting there. I want to fire it up. It's got a bunch of engine work. It's a bandit. It comes out of the hole like a bandit. It's a it, it's a I mean, you're like, okay, I'll take on all comers when I'm riding this bike. It's ape hangers. It's, it's the bike, okay? Brian Loker painted flames on it. It's, 
It's hot. You touch it, it burns your hand. The flames are so good. Well, but it's sitting there, and I thought, that's my, my heart's going. Then this 400-pound overalled cigarette Dr. Pepper guy walks over to my bike, and he's looking at it. And I'm thinking, you, you best get your tubness away from that bike. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, because I'm just being honest. I'm not saying it's right, I'm just honest. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm literally 10 feet from the guy, and I'm looking at him. He looks at me, and I'm mean mugging him. And I, I got the look. I'm a Christian. I didn't lose the look. I still got to look like, hey, it's on. This is out of your control now, all right? And so I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. He takes that pop can, and there's hundreds of people. They sell 800 vehicles at every one of those sales. So there's people everywhere, car dealers, all these people. He takes a pop can. He's looking at me. He goes, bet on the tank. Oh, <laughs> oh. Because here's what I figure, and I've been thinking this for a long time. i got one more fist fight left in me. I'm saving it up. We're not far from it right now. That guy then takes a cigarette, flicks it out the door like he's James Dean or something. And, he, and literally 400 bones. This guy's, and, and, and then he straddles it and sits down on it like this, and he fires it up. You know what I did? I walked away. That is not my, I don't want that bike anymore. That is not my bike. I'm over it. You know what? See, that's how easy it is for us to let change develop on the inside of us. We keep an attachment with something that we're not attached to anymore, that God's got, listen, better, bigger, stronger. I don't want that other stuff anymore. I wouldn't trade the bike I have now for that bike. My wife gave me this bike. And you know something? Once that guy sat on it, that's how quickly it turned in me. See, so you're thinking about it. So I went and visited your new building yesterday. I don't want to preach here. I'm not kidding you. I want to go preach. I don't care if nobody's there. I want to be there preaching. You know why? I've seen it. See, seeing something's huge. I've seen it, and now, wait a second. We're supposed to be over there. And you might ask me why. We can't change the world from here. We can change the world from there. Why, because it's bigger? Yeah. Why, because it's better? Uh-huh. Why, because we'd be stronger there? Yes. You know what they're building all around that new church? Hotels. Why would someone build a hotel? They expect people to come. They're building hotels around your new church. Huh. I know I'm just an Okie, but I think that's significant. But you know what? It requires you to change. And you know what that change is? We're going to go from vague to specific. You've got to get in the left lane. Not so you can speed. Not so you can get in a hurry. 
because that right lane is congested. That, light, that right lane has got people that they're not really, in, it's not important that they're going anywhere. You're riding in the right lane. You know what you got to deal with? You got to deal with people merging into that lane. You got to deal with people cutting across you to be able to exit. There's a lot of distractions in that right lane. Man, you get in that left lane, though, what can you do? You can go. Man, you, you, you remove the limits. What, what are their signs up? And they said, please reserve the left lane for what? Passing. Man, that's what I want to do. Because you know what Paul said? Run this race how? As one who wins. Do you ever win a race in your life? Man, if you win a race in your life, you got to be out front. Man, you can't win from, from running behind. You get a diagnosis of cancer. You get a, a diagnosis of something in your liver. You get a diagnosis of some kind of tumor. You get a diagnosis of some heart disease. You know what you got to do? That diagnosis, all that diagnosis is trying to do is get out in front of you. So that this is my life now. How's it going? It's going good, except for I got this thing in front of me. It's a tumor. I got this thing in front of me that's, a, that's heart disease. I got this thing in front of me that's cancer. I got this thing in front of me that's, that's liver disorder, man, that's diabetes, that's arthritis. It's all this stuff. Okay? And what do you got to do to defeat it? You got to get out in front of it. And wh- if you're out in front, where is that cancer? It's behind you. What does the word say about looking back? Don't ever. And see, what you got to do is you got to get it behind you. Cancer cannot kill you. Doubt, unbelief, and fear will. So you attach faith, can't kill you. You attach unbelief, maybe God gave, maybe God allowed this. Maybe God, maybe God put it on me to teach me. Can I be honest with you? I don't want to serve that God. If that's your God, I'm out. I want to serve a God that's a good God. I want to serve a God that won't withhold any good thing from me if I just put him first. If I just get out in front of that stuff. That's the God I want to serve. But you got to get in the left lane. Sir, you've got to get in the left lane. Man, you can't live your life anymore letting somebody else carry your stuff. you got to carry your own load. You know that? That's your responsibility. That's what men do. Men take responsibility. We got things that, hey, man up. Okay, fellas, let's suit up. Hey, cowboy up. Hey, come on, be a soldier. And, it's, and, and you know what those words are? Those are just this. Let me tell you what you do. You take responsibility. There's a fire in a building. You're responsible for who's in there, right? Man, you know what? We could, you and I, man, we could stand back and go, well, shoot. Until we hear that voice in there. Until we see that silhouette, it's like, I can't stand here now. Why? I've got to take responsibility. Why? Because I've seen it. Man, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in Haiti. I had to take a phone call from my mother during the music because she just got back from Haiti. And she's going to Israel tomorrow. And she, I had to talk to her because she just got back from Haiti because it's hard. The worst poverty in the world, logging off Haiti. We're, we're drilling water wells, and we're feeding 2,000 kids every day. She's got a school of, of 300 kids in it right now. It's rated the number one school in Haiti. Then we built a hospital, and we have three doctors and four nurses on staff there every single day now. So kid, little kids now that get an infection in their finger don't, don't lose their hand or die because they got a finger infected. And it's just, it changed. so you know what? She calls, I answer. But you know why I'm there? You say, well, well, Pastor, you must have a huge heart for Haiti. I don't think about Haiti. I don't care much about Haiti. Haiti's not on my radar. It's like, well, don't you have a heart for me? No. I don't. I'm just being a, we're going all honest in here today. Well, why, 
are you, why are you putting so much resource in that then? Do you have a heart for it? No. Why are you doing it? Because I saw it. I couldn't shake it. I was on the airplane flying home the first time I went. My son was 15. He was with me. And I was, I was barefoot. Because uh, I'm in Haiti and I'm walking and all these teenage boys are following us. I'm like, shoot. I'm like the pipe. I could be my, I could be MJ here, man. <laughs> and I'm popular. There's something. And so I'm just walking, and, and my mom's husband came up. He said, man, how's it going? And, man, it's hot. I mean, it's, it's stupid hot. It's, and the heat comes from the rock. It's like not normal hot, like you get in the shade. You get in the shade, and the heat's coming from where it shouldn't be coming from. It's like hell. It's, a, it's terrible. There's no, no employment. There's no water. They live with no water. There's no one my age there. 40-year-old guys look 80, and then they die. And there's, there's little kids everywhere. I saw this, and I, I saw this kid following this goat around. You ever, anybody here ever followed a goat? Huh? Followed the goat around. Goats don't take a straight line. So here's this little kid just like this. Watch. And I'm watching this little kid. I watched this kid for a couple minutes. And with my attention span, that's a long time. And that, that goat stopped and squatted and peed and, and left. And that little kid sat down on the ground, this little girl, spread her legs, had that urine right here in, betwe in between her legs, and she started going like this with dirt. She piled that dirt up on that urine, and she patted it down. She scooped it up. She made a patty out of it, and she ate it. I wish I had never seen that because now I've spent millions of dollars in Haiti because I saw that. And then I said, what's it with all these kids following me? And they said, they want their, your shoes. I said, well, why do they want my shoes? Because if they have your shoes, they can go to school. If they go to school, they get a meal a week. I had three pair of shoes and a pair of flip-flops. I gave them all away. I get on the airplane. There's men that party in Port-au-Prince and in Haiti. It's shocking, okay? Because it's desperation, and there's Americans that go there to the party. And you can do the math. It's an... So I get on a plane. I'm barefoot. These guys we walk by. We're talking, we had to, they were talking to some guys who were sitting in front of us, and I had to, I sat, I had to get by them in the aisle and then go back. They started laughing at me for being barefoot. Like I was there partying too, and I just lost my shoes. And so we're sitting there, and, and they sat about four rows behind us. I'm sitting there with my son, and he's 15, and he's got some of me in him. And, and we were, were talking, and, and he kept getting distracted. I said, what's up? He said, I'm going to go whip those guys. <laughs> I said, we're on an airplane. Okay, you can't go whip those guys. No, I'm going to. I said, there's nothing they're doing that should be bothering you. He said, no, Dad, this isn't up for discussion. Somebody's going to get their butt kicked. And he said something else. I said, what are they talking about? He said, they're laughing at you for not having any shoes on. And I looked at my feet, and they were dirty and grimy. I said, son, they don't get it. They, they haven't seen what, we, what we've seen. And then it hit me. And God spoke to me. And he said three words to me. He said, you saw it. Remember? 
You saw me hungry. You saw me naked. You saw me without shelter. Oh, when, when, when? If you do it to the least of them, you do it to me. And you know what God spoke to me? You saw it. Shoot. So now everything we do, we throw as much resource, as much as we can. And why? Not because I've got a heart for it. Not because I woke up and thought, my heart aches for Haiti. <laughs> can you help us? Uh -uh. I'm like, hey, we're going to send a lot of money down there because I saw it. It's nothing emotional. I just, it changed my life. See, that's what that change does. And that's what I'm hoping you do. I'm hoping you see it. See, and, and let, me, let me get in the Word just for one minute. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Tell me when you're there, okay? And it's on the screen, too, for... And, and this is a verse, um, will you guys do me a favor? Will you find a piece of paper and write this verse down on the piece of paper sometime today and, um, and just put it in your pocket? And every time you start thinking about a new anything, just pull that paper out and just read that paper. Maybe say it out loud. But I'm going to read this verse to you, and I'm going to make a big impact on your life, Okay. But this verse says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge or the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. See, that's why you're moving because that area of town is an area of town that you can, you can spread the fragrance of God from there. I don't know that you can do it here. Maybe you can. Maybe you can argue with me and win the argument. But I'm just saying, there I know you can. But, but let's look at this verse. What's the first word of this verse? Okay, this is a power word. This is a let's get after it word. Okay, man, you, you huddle up. You guys have played football. You huddle up for the, for the opening kickoff. And you know what, man, that, that coach comes in there and he says, hey, fellas, now is the time. Now is when this matters. Let them feel us right now. Not, I'm telling you, you got to cover this kick. And when you get there, you got to be in a bad mood. I'm telling you, now is the time, right? Well, that's what Paul's saying here. Now, thanks be to God. Now, listen to this. It's so amazing. He doesn't say that he leads us to triumph, which is how we would normally think. Where are we going, man? We're, we're heading to triumph. This is what we're going to do. It doesn't say he leads us to it. How does he lead us? In it. That means you have it. See, are you a Christian? You love Jesus. You're going to heaven. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The whole nine yards. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Huh. I don't get it. Because now, the table of your life, God reached down and he took losing off the table. Now, thanks be to God. When does he lead us? <laughs> this is wrecking you. You're run, you've run out of excuses. You have no excuse now. See, that's what the promise of God does in our life. It eliminates our excuses. So he leads us in triumph. He always, 
oh, but I'm in a chair. He always leads us in triumph. He always leads us not to it. See, I think most of the body of Christ, Pastor, most people are looking, man, where are you going? Man, we're going to win. Man, we're going to go claim the victory. We're going to go win the battle. What battle are you fighting? The battle you're fighting is all right here. Because the battle that really was fought, that you've won, is right here. See, so this is where we deal. So now, oh, it's, everything's changing. Oh, it's requiring a shift. Oh, are they expecting me to give more when I go there? There are going to be more light bulbs. There are going to be more turlets. There's going to be more toilet paper. There's going to be more of everything. Absolutely, you got to get ready. you got to be believing God for so much more money. You really do. Whatever. And you know what? You don't get to have excuses. Man, you should be a million-dollar-a-year giver. You know why? You can't make any explanations. You just got to go win. See, that's the expectation. See, that's why, he, that's why the, the master went to his servants and to one he gave five. I'd give her five talents. This girl right here. To one he gave two and to one he gave one. And I think the church, we're all good if we, oh, what do you get? Hey, give me a talent. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go bury it. I don't want to lose it. The one with five came back and it doubled it. The one with two came back and it doubled it. The one with one came back and said, here's your talent. And you know what? He didn't want his talent back. He wanted what your life with his talent would produce. Are you a five, a two, or a one? Then you got to come back and be a ten. <laughs> this is harsh. Reality's harsh, isn't it? We have to c confront reality. You know what faith is for a lot of people? Denial. This cancer can't kill me because I'm a Christian. Really? I've buried a lot of Christians that have had cancer. Some of my best friends. And you know what? You know what I said to the last guy? He said, man, I'm going to win this. I said, okay, good. I'm not preaching your funeral. You're one of my best friends. You're not doing that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you to preach my funeral. And you might say, man, that's harsh. It is. Because you know what I want him to do? Just grab a hold of the victory that Jesus won. To, to walk in, in triumph, not to it. We're not on a journey. People say, well, it's not the destination, it's the journey. You hear people say that? Really? Then why do I drive so fast? Does this make sense to you? You know how people say, man, it's about the journey. Enjoy the journey. What are you talking about? You know what this journey is full of? Trial, tribulation. People, I have people who hate me that I won to the Lord. They were, they were drug addicts getting divorced and they hate me now. I'm like, because we moved? You couldn't, you couldn't drive a half a mile down the road and make the move, and now that you've been separated, that the, the devil has stirred up hate in your heart? Do you remember when you were smoking crack? When you were beating your wife? When we had you in a headlock and wouldn't let you up until you said you wouldn't touch her again? Do you remember those days? But see, the devil messes with people that don't make the shift. Let me tell you prophetically in your life, this church moving, 
is going to open your life up to so much. It's going to be amazing. I'm not kidding you. You hear me? You, you mark my words. You can't get to that new building fast enough. I'm not playing. But you know what? The, the bottom line is, and that's how I feel. I don't even live here. I don't want to come preach here. And you'll say, well, who are you? I'm a man that have, I've seen it. Let me tell you what you're going to get to live. His dream. Barack Obama isn't living his own dream. He's living Martin Luther King's dream. See, that's what the purpose of my life is. Is to help you fulfill the purpose of your life. And you can live my dream. And I'm not talking about the specifics. I'm not giving him a template to, man, there's something in front of you. And you know what? you got to find somebody that's going to squeeze you enough and prune you and prune you back so much that it's so frustrating. You get so mad about it that you might find out what's in you. You know, the, the odds are, sir, what's your name? Jack, the odds are is you're going to live and die and never realize God's purpose. That's the odds. Between eight and nine out of ten people sitting in churches all across America today have no idea what their purpose is in life. So the odds are you're going to live and never, never live God's purpose. That's criminal. For real, they, there should be a law. If I was the president of the United States, I would say, okay, there's a law. If you preach God's word to people who during this amount of time don't know God's purpose in their life, you're going to jail. It's criminal. Like, that you're warm and well-fed is not my job. That you are on a race and a hunt to find your purpose, that's all it is. That's all this is. Where are you guys going? I'm going to my purpose. Where is it? It's in that building. Oh, it's wrapped up in a building? You're doggone right it is. Those that are planted in God's house will flourish in his courts. But thank, now, 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 thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. We win. You just got to act like it. Sometimes you have to make yourself, you have to force yourself to just, I'm just, I'm winning. I win. I win every day. Man, you look at the stage in our church. They built this stage and there's some doors behind it and every door has etched in the glass. Win every day. There's a huge sign. One side says guts. The other side says help people win. What have I given my life to? Helping people win. What's our church about? I want to help people win. Can you win without Jesus? That's where it starts. Can you win without reading the Bible? No. Can you win without studying? Can you win without, without that verse? Because you know what? You could probably read that verse 10 times casually and say, God leads us to triumph. We're heading to triumph. We're going to triumph. Man, the joy is in the journey. I don't get that. Because here's what Jesus said, and I'm going to close with this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Wait a minute. 
Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. It's hard to say. On earth as it is in heaven. You going to lose in heaven? You looking forward to heaven? I got too much to do to look forward to heaven. My race isn't over. There's some, there's some, there's some stuff in front of me right now. I die now. I might get a bronze medal. I don't want to die with things in front of me. See, but too much of the church, the world's lapped them. The world's lapped us. So we're racing the world now, not even realize they're a lap or two ahead of us. We're thinking we're running with them. Oh, it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You see those marathon runners of late? Anybody in here run a four-minute mile? Anybody? Is anybody in here run a four-minute mile? Those guys who run those marathons and win them now are running sub-four-minute miles for over 26 of them. That's a sprint. <laughs> it's just a long one. <laughs> Come on, give God a hand. Oh, my God. Amen. Hey, hey guys, you ready to shift lanes? You want to get in the left lane? It's, I mean, cool. But you better be going the right direction. I mean, left lane is awesome unless you're in the wrong direction. And then it sucks. So let's make sure that we're going the right direction today. Amen? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes.